right, welcome back, everybody. Hour number two is upon us, and we're looking forward to this hour as we crank it up. up. We're going to be talking about plenty of news in this hour, so I hope you'll stay with us. You can reach the radio program with your comments at 888-660-9535. Let me give you that again, 888-660-9535. Love to hear from you this morning. Uh, whatever's whatever's on your mind, if you want to talk about any of these stories. And, uh, of course, we're live on Facebook. You can go to Christian Worldview with Dr. Tony Beam. That's the Facebook page. You can listen to us live at His Radio Talk. We're streaming there um, live. Or you can uh, listen to us on the radio, which was kind of the point to begin with, right? 91.9, 89.7 FM this morning. Uh, you can also email me, tbeam at ngu.edu. Be glad to respond to your emails. All right. Uh, according to the Wall Street Germ- uh, Journal, I almost said Wall Street Germany, Wall Street Journal Germany will send 14 of its modern Leopard main battle tanks to the Ukraine as part of a coordinated push with the U.S. and other allies to escalate their support of Kiev ahead of an expected Russian offensive, the government said Wednesday. The announcement follows days of intense diplomacy between Berlin and Washington, which is expected to announce a donation of up to 50 U.S.-made Abrams M1 tanks to Ukraine later today. Of course, we talked about this with Senator Graham yesterday, uh, the need that the Ukraine has for these tanks to repel what is likely going to be a Russian offensive. Um, It appears that Russia is getting ready to throw its entire military operation into Ukraine. They've been humiliated. They've been pushed back. And um, they're going to attempt to overwhelm overwhelm the Ukrainian army and uh, do the blitzkrieg, so to speak. Um, and the United States and Germany and our allies are going to supply the Ukrainians with the defensive capabilities to try to thwart that and to actually push the Russians out of Ukraine. Yesterday, you may remember, Senator Graham said that that's the only off-ramp, that any kind of truce is not going to hold, that Vladimir Putin's not going to give on this because there's not any compromise that could be reached that would allow him to save face, and therefore a Ukrainian victory is the outcome that would, I guess in the end, justify all of the commitment that we've made so far. Now, we can debate that. Uh, a lot of people debate whether we should have been in Ukraine at all. I happen to think that our presence in Ukraine, as long as we're not sending soldiers, that if we're sending equipment, um, if we're sending weapon systems that help the Ukrainian army to kick Russia out, I'm in favor of that. And the reason I'm in favor of it is because the world is watching China is certainly interested. They want to know how committed the United States and the European allies. I mean, this is a this is a commitment by Germany sending the Leopard tanks. They're going to start with 15 and they may end up sending more. So, you know, it's a joint effort to stop Vladimir Putin from just being able to waltz into any country he wants. This is what should have happened back in when Adolf Hitler decided to start expanding militarily in Europe. Maybe, just maybe, if the line had been drawn in the sand for Hitler before Hitler was able to take over Poland, um, Czechoslovakia, 
France, you know, just just about all of Europe, maybe we could have avoided World War II. Now, that may not be likely because of the Japanese, but still, um, it, there would have been a lot less bloodshed if Hitler had been stopped early. Vladimir Putin is a Hitler figure. I mean, he's he believes that Russia, uh, the Soviet Union, never should have dissolved. He wants to get all these countries back in under Russian domination. He believes that Moscow is the new Rome when it comes to the church. I mean, I was going back through some church history yesterday, and of course, Rome was the center of of uh, church of the church prior to the fall of Rome in the 5th century when Alaric and the Visigoths or the uh, the Visigoths showed up and sacked Rome and then Constantinople became the new Rome um, and became the home of the Eastern Orthodox Church but Constantinople was conquered by the Turks and when Constantinople fell then Moscow the spread of the church reached Kiev and Moscow, and Moscow, in a lot of people's minds, became the new Rome. When you look at, uh, as it relates to the church, when you look at the czars of, of um, Russia, the word czar actually translates emperor. I mean, they believed that they were setting up the same type of government that Rome had established with Russia as the center and they believed that that was going to be the home of the church there. So, and of course, it Eastern Orthodox Church became the Russian Orthodox, the Ukrainian Orthodox. You have Greek Orthodox. You have a, a lot of offshoots of Eastern Orthodoxy, which happened when um, the Catholic Church declared its first pope. The Eastern Orthodox Church said, nope, not going with the pope. So there was a schism between Eastern Orthodoxy and Catholicism, and of course then that spread to Protestantism Protestantism with Martin Luther uh, when he nailed his theses to the castle church door in Wittenberg. All right, back to the Ukraine and the Ukrainian war. Um, you know, we, we, we talked about this yesterday a good bit, but one of the things we didn't talk about is that Corruption in the Ukrainian government is causing allies, one of the things that's causing some of our allies and even the United States to step back and ask the question, how deep do we want to get involved in this? And and I don't know how we could get any deeper um, unless we were to send troops, uh, which is not going to happen, I don't believe. Um, But Right now, there's a big shakeup going on in the Ukraine because of widespread corruption in the Ukrainian government. President Zelensky has vowed to get rid of all this corruption. So in keeping with that, yesterday, 11 Ukrainian officials either resigned or were removed from office. And there's supposed to be more removals today uh, because the people in Ukraine still think that there are people that need to be removed because of their skimming money off the top, making money off the war. Uh, They removed um, a deputy defense minister and five regional governors. They removed the deputy head of the government for President Zelensky's office. His name is Kirillo Temshenko, uh, and the prosecutor general was removed along with these governors. Temshenko's removal 
was particularly significant in that he oversaw all regional policy, you know, the different regions within the Ukraine. He was over the decisions that got made in those regions, and he had previously worked on Zelensky's presidential campaign. But he's also been, been accused of embezzling $7 million in humanitarian aid. Now, he's denied the allegations, but apparently there's enough evidence that caused Zelensky to remove him from office, even though he was one of his top advisors and uh, top uh, ministers in the government. The deputy minister of defense has been tied to a scandal that involves the purchase of food for the Ukrainian army. I mean, this is particularly heinous. But then this this predates the war um, because, obviously, provisions for the Ukrainian army, the Ukrainian army has been engaged against Russian forces uh, a lot longer than this just this current invasion by Russia. So, but according to um, some, some investigations that have been launched, um, the defense minister was actually, deputy defense minister was guilty of skimming about $200 million dollars off of the food that was going to the Ukrainian soldiers. And the way he would do it was actually fairly simple. He inflated the price of the food, sometimes as much as three times the value, and he just took the excess money and routed it we don't know where, but it went somewhere to the tune of $200 million. And the accusation is that he's got that money squirreled away somewhere. So according to the New York Times, there's no direct evidence that uh, Western money has been involved so far. In other words, there, there's, not a, there's been no evidence that the money that the United States or other countries has given to Ukraine, either in, for weapon systems or to help the Army, there's no evidence that money has been involved. But then money's fungible. I mean, it, it, you know, we, we, we can't know that for certain. Um, and, of course, all of this is happening at the moment that President Biden is supposed to announce today that the Abrams uh, tanks are going. And the Germans have already said the United States has made this commitment. We're sending the Leopard tanks as long as the United States follows through. And the European Union is basically saying to Ukraine, look, if you want to be a member of the European Union, you've got to get your act together. You're going to have to clean up all this corruption in the government. And you can imagine the people of the Ukraine. I mean, they're livid about this. Since this war began, 7,000 civilians in Ukraine have died and 11,000 have been injured. And you to think that their government officials are becoming millionaires off of the war. They're benefiting while the people are suffering. I mean, these people don't shouldn't just be driven from office. They need to be locked up for committing crimes against the government and against the people of Ukraine. Um, and it's a possibility that they'll be prosecuted, but the evidence has to be gathered. They're going to have to find that $200 million and tie it directly to the deputy defense minister in order to get him uh, convicted in a court and the same thing is true, um, likely, for the $7 million that is going to have to be connected to Kirilla Tymchenko if he's going to be prosecuted. All right, just uh, keeping you up to date with stuff's going on on the Ukraine. Uh, probably tanks are going over there from the United States and Germany, and Zelensky is working to try to clean up the corruption in the government and in the country. Thanks for listening to, to the program. I was just looking up some box office numbers here um just to kind of let you know we've got um 
the Oscars coming up. And, you know, usually the Oscar for Best Picture goes to, you know, some obscure movie that 10 people went to see. And we've got the possibility of that happening again with the Oscar nominees this year. And I'm not going to go way into this because I don't care. I mean, these awards programs, the Tonys, the Emmys, I mean, I I saw the Emmy Awards that are coming up. And they've they've got some people performing that I'd kind of like to see, but I'm not going to watch that garbage because they're going to have vulgar stuff taking place on the stage. Um, They're going to have a bunch of woke uh, stuff, you know, promoting transgender and everything that is undermining the success of the United States and the development of our culture, it's all going to be flowing out of your television at all the award shows, particularly the Grammys and the Oscars. So here are the Best Picture nominees, and I'm going to give you some of their box office takes. All Quiet on the Western Front has been nominated as Best Picture. Hey, that movie? No, it's a remake. And I it's, like that movie. They, you know how much it made at the box office? Three million dollars. Three on. million. No, that's the box office take in the United States. Three million dollars. COVID. They couldn't go because of yeah, COVID. Yeah, had nothing. I mean, that's back when nobody was going to the movies. Avatar: The Way of Water. Now that's taken in. I mean, obviously, like two point eight billion, something like that worldwide. I mean, it's a huge box office hit. Uh, the Banshees of Inserin. And I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that right. Yes. The Banshees of Inesherin. That's it. I-N-I-S-H-E-R-I-N. Inesherin. Uh, took in $28 million at the box office. That I mean, I guarantee you that didn't pay for the movie. Elvis. Now, that took Elvis took in uh, over... Two billion. I heard that was good. Right, and and so that's no. I'm sorry, United States, two hundred eighty-seven million, no. closer to two eighty-eight. Mm-hmm. But still, that's now that's a that's a respectable box office in the current day. Um, the Fablemans, which is of course a movie about um, you know Steven Spielberg and him coming up through the ranks and all that kind of stuff. Fablemans at the box office. Not so great. Took in about $20 million total. A movie called Tar, which I have absolutely no idea Tar. what that's about. Um, so far, it's taken in $1.4 million. So I doubt anybody else knows anything about it either, but it's been nominated for Best Picture. Is that Brer Rabbit and the maybe Tar Babies? It'll, maybe it'll take another $1.4 million after it, you know, because it's been nominated. I doubt it's going to win. Uh, now here's the one. Well, one other. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, it took in 104 million, so that's fairly respectable. Uh, Top Gun Maverick. Has oh, been I saw nominated. that one. Oh, sure. That's the only one on here that I've seen. Now, I wouldn't. I'd like to see Elvis because I just like to see Tom Hanks playing Colonel Tom Parker. I mean, I've heard that that's just incredible, and that the, the guy who played Elvis mm-hmm. was amazing. So I may I may try to see that movie, but Top Gun Maverick took in almost $1.5 billion. <laughs> so, and that's just in the United States. Um, well, then this is a slam dunk. 
No. Uh, I don't think there's any way that Top Gun Maverick wins the Oscar for Best Picture, but it's a good thing that it got nominated. I mean, the fact that it's in there with all these other movies when it's the least woke, even when you consider the Elvis movie, I mean, it's the least woke of them all. And I think if you were asked to ask the American people, the people who have seen that movie, um, and, and now it's available, it's streaming, if you've got the Paramount app, and I think MGM, We for some reason we ended up with MGM, there's a new MGM channel, and there's like three or four offshoots, and I don't know how MGM got Top Gun Maverick, but they were playing that over the weekend while they were giving us a free opportunity to see if we wanted to sign up for them. So I guess it was MGM Paramount that put Maverick out. There must have been some collaboration. But in any event, um, the chan- I, I, and just, this, there's probably no way that it wins the Oscar, um, even though it's one of the best pictures that I've seen in a long time. I mean, just the, w- the way that it's made, the power of the story, the fact that you've got you know, the connection between Maverick and Goose, and now you've got Rooster, who's Goose's son, that Maverick's got to decide whether to send on this mission that they may never come back alive. And the twist at the end of that movie is just nothing short of amazing. I mean, it really is. If you haven't seen it, I would encourage you to go see it. Um, And I'd encourage you to pull for it. I mean, just, you know, when I say pull for it, just, you know, kind of hope that it wins an Oscar, but I think chances are slim and none, and slim just left out. All right. Um, looks like that uh, we have another person who has document trouble. You know, I, I may just – I need to go through some of my papers and just make sure that I don't have any classified documents. I mean, apparently everybody that's ever been or driven by the White House has got classified documents somewhere. Okay? No. I've been on the White House tour I yeah. think I picked up a napkin or something. I wonder if there's classified information on that. Notice how former presidents are being real quiet about this. I haven't heard yeah. anything from yeah. Bush no. or Obama. Yeah. They just mm, mums the word. I think if I was those guys, Chaining. I'd be hiring people to go through my papers. Yes. I mean, Al Gore. Apparently, mm-hmm. they just all walked out of the, the White House with a bunch of stuff. Now, the latest is Vice President Mike Pence. Uh, he said during an interview late last year. That he didn't take any classified documents with him from the White House. But uh, turns out that since then, he turned documents over to the FBI. According to CNN, the reported discovery comes as the Justice Department has already tapped two special counsels to investigate classified document handling by President Joe Biden and former President Donald Trump. Pence directed his team to search his home in Indiana and office at his political advocacy group advancing American freedom. Now, the documents were found at his home in a box with some other things that he had stored. There weren't any documents found at advancing American freedom, which is good for that organization. I mean, you you don't want to be hoarding top-secret documents and out trying to raise money to get people to support what you're doing. Um, so... Now, Pence is under the microscope. Uh, and there's no reason, I mean, why would he have classified documents? I, I mean, obviously, there are different levels of classification. It's possible that he doesn't have top secret documents, maybe something that just inadvertently got carried out of the, the his office at the White House. Uh, 
it really depends on the, the type of classification that we're talking about and if they find any more. You know, they're still looking for it's kind of on the down low, but they're still looking to see if there are more Biden documents out there that surface. So the first thing this tells us is that the the hubbub over President Trump having classified documents was wildly overblown. I mean, the National Archives made all kind of statements just, you know, left and right over President Trump having those documents, and they haven't said a peep and won't respond to reporters' questions about Biden having documents. They go all the way back to his time in the Senate, which means they've been out there for a very long time. Um, so, you know, either having classified top secret documents is a big deal or it's not. It was already going to be difficult to prosecute Donald Trump when nothing was done about Hillary Clinton having all kind of top secret information on an unsecure server. And we know that was true. And that was just considered, well, she didn't mean to. She just, uh, it was an accident. Yeah, she was told that she wasn't supposed to do that. But come on, you know, she's the smartest woman in the world. But yeah, she just missed this one. I mean, that's basically the way they treated her over having tons of top secret information that was very vulnerable to outside attacks since it was on an unsecure server and outside of the State Department, which was her purview. So, you know, it's how, you, how do you prosecute Trump and you didn't prosecute Clinton? You'd have to prove that Trump had some kind of motive that he was auctioning these things off to Russian spies or Chinese uh, spies, and, and there's none of that was going on. All of these documents were in his possession at Mar-a-Lago. And Hillary was Secretary of State, so do we right. go to other Secretary of States? Well, I don't know. Attorney well, no. General? No. Sec I mean, hers, it's not a matter of her carding stuff. She just decided she wanted to set up a computer in her house and operate with a separate email account that was in, not secure. I mean, if she'd have done that next to a Corvette, I could understand. Yeah, well, right. she did. that's the thing she was missing. Um, so, in any event, um, this is... How are you going to prosecute? You can't prosecute Trump. I mean, you, excuse me, you can't prosecute Biden because he's president. You can prosecute him after he leaves office. But all this business about the special counsel, special prosecutor, trying to determine whether charges are going to be, not, not going to be any charges against Biden until he leaves office. Um, and if you're not going to charge him and you didn't charge Hillary, how can you charge Trump or Pence? I mean, it just, I don't think the American people would stand for that for a minute. Now, there's a new poll out that shows that Donald Trump in a head-to-head -head matchup with Joe Biden, uh, Donald Trump wins for the presidency in 2024. So this document scandal doesn't appear to be hurting him. Uh, Mike Pence, I mean, he, I, I like him. He's a great guy. I think he's a, a, a believer. I appreciate the way that he conducts himself, but there's no way he's going to be president. And But I don't think this document scandal is going to make any difference for him. He wasn't going to be president before. He's probably not going to be president now. 
So, um, I, I, I mean, we'll just have to see how it all plays out. But I just don't see any charges being filed against Trump. I don't say they can do it with all this going on with Biden in particular. You know, you, you were just they were just talking about the controversy over that song, which is just nuts. I mean, obviously, no one in 1964 thought that anything about a natural woman was a bad thing. Um, I, I And trying to get Aretha Franklin kicked off of Spotify, or at least that song by her kicked off, because it triggers people. That if, if there's anything that points out the insanity of this woke movement, that, that, that ought to be front and center. Here's another one. M&M's is making a marketing change. They're getting rid of their spokes candies because they made a bunch of changes to the M&M characters that sort of reflected, you know, they had two of them holding hands that looked like they were the same kind of M&M. I mean, that kind of nonsense. They, they did a bunch of stuff to make the characters a little bit more woke. They made one of the M&Ms um, look like they were overweight because they said they were trying to match what their consumers were like. I mean, yeah, I guess if you eat three or four bags of M&M candies, you'll end up looking like the overweight M&M. But Tucker Carlson, conservatives are being blamed for the M&M controversy. Tucker Carlson made jokes about it, okay? I mean, he, and, and this is, progressives have no sense of humor whatsoever. Um, M&M's announced, Mars Candy, Candy's announced that in the last year we've made some changes to our beloved spokes candies. We weren't sure if anyone would even notice. And we definitely didn't think it would break the internet. But now we get it. Even a candy shoes can be polarizing. Okay, one of the uh, green candies that was, I think, obviously female, had on go-go boots, and they took off the go-go boots and put tennis shoes on them. On them. And this is, you know, here's Tucker Carlson's talk about this. I mean, again, he was he was being funny. Carlson said, that the female M&Ms were now less sexy with their new footwear. In January, Carlson said on his show that M&Ms will not be satisfied until every last cartoon character is deeply unappealing and totally androgynous until the moment that you wouldn't want to have a drink with any one of them. Now, does anybody take that seriously? Does anybody, Can you hear Tucker Carlson saying that? Can you see him laughing about it? I mean, but Mars Candy, they, they think, well, you know, conservatives pounced. I mean, that's always, that's, that's the media's take. Republicans pounce. Anytime Democrats do something wrong, I mean, it's, the story is not that they did something that was stupid. The story is that Republicans pounce, the mean Republicans. And so you got Tucker Carlson and, you know, cards on the table, I'm not a huge fan. He's fine. For all of you that love him, please love him. I'm not telling you that you shouldn't. I'm just saying he's not my particular cup of tea. Uh, a lot of the stories he does are important. Some of them, I think, are overblown. But anyway, this is is a nothing burger. I mean, he was making a joke. But conservatives are mean. And they talk about boots and shoes and so M&M's has now replaced uh, 
they're getting rid of all their spokes candies, and they've replaced the spokesperson with, I'm looking for the person's name, it's a well-known comedian, but I hardly know any of the comedians today, Maya Rudolph is going to be the spokesperson for M&M's, and she's going to make her first appearance in a Super Bowl ad. So get rid of If you love the M&M's spokes candies and you like those commercials and, you know, what I actually would chuckle every time I'd see the one where Santa Claus confronts the M&M candies, you know, and he's, they do exist. He does exist. And both of them pass out on the floor. I mean, I, I thought that was kind of cool um, or at least humorous. And now they're getting rid of all that because, and they're blaming conservatives for a marketing campaign. What what do they think is going to happen when they start making obvious changes to these candies that have been out there for how long? The animated candies, they start making obvious changes. You think people are not going to notice? They made the changes for people to notice. That's the whole purpose. And then when people start pushing back, oh, it's not that they made the changes that caused any of this backlash it's that people are mean particularly conservatives they're the ones that's causing all the trouble they're the ones that's responsible for the candies being removed by the way mars candy spokesperson said maya will serve as the brand as the brand's new spokesperson allowing the colorful cast of m&m spokes candies to step away and embrace a new path to pursue other passions i mean this this person needs serious psychological help if if they think these candies are now they don't obviously they were they were trying to be funny or whatever but the the part of it that really bothers me is that when a company does something woke and it and it causes them to go broke or it causes them a lot of problems it gives them pr issues and makes people question their products and if anybody responds, then it's the fault of the people that respond. It's not the company that decided to embrace all these woke policies. No, no, it's not their fault. It's the mean conservatives that went after them, that pounced on them. In this case, that's just ridiculous. Um, and in the case of Aretha Franklin and you make me feel like a natural woman, that hey, people should pounce on that because it's just – it's ridiculous to ban a song that in 1964 there never there could never have been a thought given to the fact that it was controversial to talk about a natural woman. Our United States Injustice Department has finally decided to file some charges related to attacks on 78 pro-life groups across the country. You know, we've talked about this several times on the program. Um the Justice Department won't enforce the law about protesting outside the homes of Supreme Court justices. They've just decided they're not going to enforce that law. That law is on the books. It's very clear that trying to intimidate a Supreme Court justice judge or protesting in the vicinity near their home, you know, that you've got police that are saying, well, they're not on their property, so they have the right to protest. No, that's not what the statute says. That's not what the law says. It says they can't protest on their property or near their home. 
But the Justice Department, of course, doesn't care about that because they are as mad about Roe versus Wade being overturned as the people who are protesting. In fact, I'm sure Merrick Garland and Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi would all like to be outside these justices' homes protesting. Justice Kavanaugh had 20 protesters out in the rain protesting outside his home. They're coming after Kavanaugh. There are groups that are trying to do background information, movies, all kinds of things, trying to take these spurious accusations of sexual harassment against women, which were thoroughly vetted when he came up for confirmation. I mean, believe me, if there was any truth to any of it, it would have been revealed at those hearings. And there was there was the the accusations were were not substantiated in any way. And yet they won't let it go. The left won't let it go. They're going to continue to come after him and try to drive him off the court because they can't believe they couldn't keep him from being put on the court. That's what really fries them. That their normal Gestapo tactics against the Senate and against the Supreme Court nominee usually causes the president to run for the hills or tell the nominee, well, this is just too much. You're going to have to withdraw. Well, Trump stood by Kavanaugh and Lindsey Graham stood up and defended him. And Republicans actually grew a spine and decided we're not going to let these guys intimidate our decision. So kudos for the little things in life that go right, although that was a major thing. So now, you know, in light of what the Justice Department won't do, one of the things that it hasn't done up to now is indict or lean in to any meaningful investigation into these 78 attacks against pro-life groups that took place over the summer after the Roe versus Wade decision got leaked. So now there have been two people charged. 27-year-old Caleb Freestone and 23-year-old Amber Smith Stewart, quote, according to the Justice Department, targeted pregnancy centers. This, they're specifically being targeted for an attack against a pregnancy center in Hialeah, Florida. But they targeted pregnancy center facilities and vandalized those facilities with spray-painted threats. The threatening language that the two used to vandalize the pro-life facilities mirrors that of the terrorist group Jane's Revenge. Yeah, it mirrors that. Uh, they also had Jane spray-painted on the facilities. So, you know, if I'm an investigator and I'm looking at that and I'm going, well, you know, the language sort of looks like Jane's Revenge. I can imagine somebody standing next to the investigator going, well, sir, what about the name Jane spray-painted right down here on the bottom? You think that might be significant? Don't even mention that. Freestone had previously been arrested on multiple occasions, including for disrupting a school board meeting. <gasps> can you imagine? And, she, and he said he's supportive of the anti-fascist political movement, social media, that appears to be affiliated with Smith and Stewart indicates that they're also affiliated with Antifa. They got their pictures online, but trust me, you don't want to see. Just, just skip that one. According to the indictment, Freestone and Smith, Stewart, and others, conspirators, 
are alleged to have spray-painted threats, including, if abortions aren't safe, then neither are you. Your time is up. We're coming for you. And we are everywhere on a reproductive health service uh, facility in Winter Haven, Florida, and also in Hialeah. Freestone and Smith-Stewart also attack facilities in Hollywood, Florida, and Hialeah. Finally, they get to that. I saw the ones in Hialeah. That's why I've made reference to it. The DOJ said, noting that the attackers violated the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act by using threats of force to intimidate and interfere with the pro-life group's operations providing reproductive health services. (laughs) Well, at least they've been indicted, and there's a lot of evidence against them. This hopefully is going to lead to more indictments because there were a lot of members of Jane's Revenge that were going around the country doing this, that were defacing um, pro-life clinics and going after volunteers. I mean, this kind of stuff, 78 instances documented. And we finally, now these two are responsible for more than one, so give, give the Justice Department a little credit here. They're going after the big fish first, but they need to go after the rest of them. In the state of Florida, I wonder if there's any, uh, you know, Ron DeSantis' state. Amazing. Well, uh, I'm sure Ron DeSantis has been raising sand about it um, to the government. I don't know if they think that this could cast, you know, give kind of a black eye to Florida. I mean, look, right now, Florida is public enemy number one to the Biden administration. Anything they can do to discredit what Ron DeSantis has done as governor of Florida, you're going to see it, you're going to hear it, because they consider him to be the number one threat after President Trump, former President Trump, in the election coming up in 2024. And we don't even know if Biden's going to run. I mean, he was all ready to roll out his re-election campaign until the classified documents showed up. So they're trying to determine, I think the Democrat Party has a lot to do with this, with Biden's determination as to whether this is going to hurt him bad enough that he shouldn't run for president. All right, there's a story today at Christian Post that is just really disturbing. And I want to reference it because I want to encourage everybody listening to this broadcast, if you're a parent, pass on your faith to your children. I hear parents all the time say, well, I'm going to let my children navigate that. they got to make their own decisions. You, you, you make them, do you let them make their own decisions about when they're going to go to bed, whether they're going to go to school, whether they're going to do their homework? None of that affects eternity. Why in the world would you shy away from helping them and encouraging them to make decisions, to pass on your faith to them? That's part of your responsibility. This is the story at Christian Post today by Leonardo Blair. While mental health concerns top the list of worries for parents today, and studies suggest religion is good for mental health, every study points to people who are engaged regularly in religious activity have overall better mental health. Passing on their religious beliefs to their children is not highly prioritized by U.S. adults with children younger than 18. That's according to the uh, Pew Research Center. Across racial and ethnic lines, 
overwhelming majorities of U.S. adults with children younger than 18 believe being a parent is either one of or the most important aspect of who they are as a person. But when it comes to prioritizing and passing on their faith to their children, white evangelicals and black Protestants are the only two Christian groups where a majority of parents prioritize this. Parents place less importance on their children growing up to have religious or political beliefs that are similar to their own. About a third, 35%, say it's extremely or very important to them that their children share their religious beliefs. 16% say the same about their children's political beliefs. Republican and Democratic parents are about equally likely to say it's at least very important to them that their children share their political beliefs. Data for parenting in America today came from some 3,750 U.S. parents with children younger than 18 and was collected as part of a larger survey study conducted from September 20th to October 2nd, 2022. Only 40% of black parents and 39% of Hispanic parents in the study told researchers that it's extremely or very important for their children to share their religious beliefs. That, that share is even lower among white and Asian parents, where only 32% say it's important. Can I say that one of the main responsibilities you have as a parent is to teach your children about your faith. Tell them about God. Talk to them about your beliefs. I mean, if 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 really, if you really believe, which hopefully born-again Christians believe this, if you really believe that your soul is going to live on in eternity somewhere, why would you hesitate to evangelize your own children, to pass on your faith to them? God help us that we can get away from this trend of not doing it. All right, that's all the time we've got for today. We'll be back in the morning. Actually, I won't be here. Austin will be here for you, and I'll see you on Friday morning at 7.